Yes, ma'am. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, it's good to see you. Great crowd, beautiful Lord's Day. We're glad you're with us today. Let's all stand together and let's make a joyful noise on this beautiful morning. Brother Scott's going to come lead us. Let's all sing together. Brother Scott, let's go, buddy. All right, we'll sing the first, third, and fourth verse. It is well with my soul.
gentlemen, if you know that no matter what goes on, it is well with our soul this morning. Amen. Good to see you. Thank you for coming out. What a great crowd this Sunday morning. Parking lot packed. Good to see you out in the parking lot. And thank you for those that are joining us this morning via live stream. We are honored to be in your home today. I've got three or four quick prayer requests. We'll open up. Matt, you will come get ready to sing. As I mentioned to you on Wednesday night, we want you to please pray for Brother Jerry Whitlow and his whole family now. They're all dealing with COVID, so please lift up Brother Jerry. Uh, good to have some of our folks back today. Been out for a few weeks. Glad you're back with us this morning. Please pray for Dr. Evans' family. We got word this morning that her sister-in-law, Margaret, uh, went home to be with the Lord, so please pray for that family. We put out on our call system uh, about uh, uh, Sam and Helen King. Continue to lift them up. Brother Larry Biggs goes tomorrow for shoulder reconstruction surgery. He was supposed to have this months ago, but is now able to do it tomorrow. Continue to pray for Chelsea and pray for uh, little Autumn Hunley. Her dad uh, has been shot. He's in the hospital, so please pray for DJ Burton if you would. If you got something on your heart this morning, you need the Lord to answer. Lift up your hand this day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you today, and we count it an honor and a privilege to come to your house this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the sun that's shining. And for the fact that our Lord is still on the throne, no matter what goes on anywhere around us, we trust a risen Savior. So, Lord, I pray your blessings upon our services this morning. We need the touch of the Holy One in our midst. So we ask the Spirit of God to descend and, Lord, make his presence felt in our midst today. Lord, I pray for the singing. I pray for the preaching. And I pray that the Son of God would be made much of today. We love you. We thank you for how you're answering prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. You pray for these folks as they sing. I was standing on the banks of the Oh, my son. 
sailing out on the old ship of sand. I'll be safe with Jesus, the captain, sailing out on the old ship of good this morning awesome job folks well done thank you so much let me give you three or four announcements this morning then we'll have another congregation thank you for those who have continued to bring in your operation christmas child things uh your boxes whether you're contributing with a box or with money next sunday one week from today is the final we have 170 boxes collected with the goal of 200 so help us out if you haven't been able to Please help us out with that. You can pack a box, give $20 to uh, let us do that for you. In either case, we would be much appreciative. Don't forget our Grace Network contribution for this quarter. Uh, and uh, don't forget our Call to Glory devotion guides are in for this month as well. Brother Scott, come on, let's sing together. Let's all stand one more time. Some of you are sweating, so let's sweat for Jesus. Here my end. All right, we'll do the first and last verse of He Keeps Me Singing. Come on, folks, y'all get ready to sing for us one more time. If you're glad to be out on a Sunday morning at God's house, give us a big amen. We're good to see you. Come on, guys.
good. First Corinthians this morning, chapter number six. Thank you, folks. Awesome job. First Corinthians chapter number six this morning. You pray for Ken. He is preaching again today at another church, helping them out. I'll put a smile on your face. Uh, uh, several weeks ago, uh, Renee and I were out uh, delivering some things to uh, a couple of folks who had been out with surgeries and whatnot. And as we were driving, I pointed out the church that Ken was going to be at last Sunday and today. And I remind, and I just said, you know, pray for Ken, honey. He'll be there preaching for the next couple of weeks. They don't have a pastor right now. And boy, she lit up like the 4th of July. She looked over at me and she said, if they're candidating him, you better let him know that he can go, but Susan's staying at SAGBC. Amen. So we went out to lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. And Renee leaned forward and said, Ken, I just want you to know, buddy, I love you. You can go if you want to, but your wife's staying with me. Amen. He's not candidating. He's filling in, but you pray for him. He's a great preacher, so I know he'll do a great job last Sunday and today. Give you one more thing just to smile. I believe in self-deprecation. Uh, a few weeks after uh, we had to go remote back in March, I decided I, that sitting all day, uh, my job, of course, with the college requires that I sit most of the day, or I don't require it. That's just what I do. And so I decided that I needed a little bit of activity. So some of you senior saints, you might remember, how many of you remember Walker, Texas Ranger? Yeah, man. Chuck Norris had that turtle gym. So I ordered one. And by golly, it sat in my garage for three months. Yeah, man. I thought I'd accomplish something because it arrived. Last month, I got Nick to help me take it to the basement. That was one more step. Yeah, man. Last night, I took it out of the package. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Only took three months. Amen. By next Sunday, I expect to be as buff as Scott Cassidy. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number 6, if you would, please. 
Let me say something real quickly before we dive into the message. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Some of you might be disappointed in the election results. Some of you might be thrilled. But would you look at me? Our God is not one bit surprised. Still on the throne. Knows what's going on. And as I said to you a couple of weeks, uh, yeah, man, I was hearing myself. That was me. <laughs> Listen to me this morning. None of this is taking him by surprise. We weren't trusting the White House anyway. We were trusting in the King of Kings. Amen. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, please. Verse number 9. Found your place. Everybody say amen. Nice and loud. Here we go. Verse number 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Scripture tells us, Know ye not that the unrighteous, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Look at verse 11. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. And such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Let's pray this morning. Father, we're glad to be in your house again. Thank you for the reading of your word. I pray your blessings upon the preaching this morning. Use the outline that I know you've laid upon our hearts to be a blessing to those that are listening here in the parking lot or via live stream today. Lord, thank you for the foolishness of preaching that you've chosen as the instrument of salvation for our souls. We love you. Bless us now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You understand that as... Adults, there are some basic things that we all need to know in life. You need to know how to manage your money, amen? You need to know how to put gas in your car. You need to know how to prepare food to eat, to take care of yourself, to tie your own shoes. You need to know that green means go and red means stop and yellow means speed up like crazy, amen? You need to know that Rain is wet and snow is cold and ice is slick. These are basic principles that we all need to know as we live our life. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, these several verses are giving us some basic principles that we as God's children need to know. I submit to you sometimes that while we can enjoy getting lost in the deep nuances of theology and we can talk about the great doctrines of Scripture, that's all fine, well, and good. Uh, but for most of us, it does us well to be reminded about the very basic things that we believe. So I want to talk to you this morning about a message that I'm in calling Getting Back to the Basics. Getting Back to the Basics. These are the fundamental things on which our faith is built. In other words, we might disagree about a few little things. We might not all dot our I's and cross our T's the same way. But I want you to hear me this morning. These are the things about which we're not going to argue because uh, this is the foundation upon which our faith is built. Three things I want you to look at with me. Number one, I hope you'll say amen to this. Uh, 
You need to know where you came from. You need to know where you came from. Now, when I talk about that, a lot of folks think I talk about our lineage, our ancestry. I'm not above talking about that myself. I mentioned the fact that my dad come from a very, very large family, 21 children, 13 of which survived their first year. He's the next to youngest. Uh, he had uh, uh, nieces and nephews that were older than him. Can you imagine uh, moms still giving birth while your babies are giving birth? Not in my family, amen. <laughs> you hear, I, I, I don't mind talking about my mom and the fact she came from the coal fields of Appalachia and all the lineage and the ancestry that goes along with that. We, we sometimes like to talk about uh, our stock, where it is that we came from. Hear me this morning. I'm not talking about our physical lineage. I'm talking about our spiritual lineage. And when I talk about our spiritual lineage, I want you to be reminded that prior to salvation, we were all suffering from a wretched condition. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 9, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous, that word, unrighteous simply means unjust it means that we were not right with God it means we were his enemies we were separated from him by our sins we were cut off from God but may I say to you this morning we were headed for hell and and I know this isn't popular preaching in 21st century but the lost are still headed that direction that wretched condition apart from God has not changed. And I submit to you that those who do not know the Lord are still suffering from that wretched condition. Not only did we have a wretched condition, we had a wicked condition. I, I, I have to be honest with you, folks. There are far too few preachers who will even mention the sins that are right here mentioned in the Bible. There are nine of them. Nine things that Paul is addressing to the church of Corinth that were sins 2,000 years ago when he wrote it and are still sins today. We don't like to talk about this. We don't like to talk about the issues that God identifies. So would you listen to me? If you get mad at any of these, don't get mad at the preacher. You take it up with God. He wrote the book. There are sexual sins. There are spiritual sins. There are social sins. Let's hit them quickly. He speaks of sexual sins. He talks about fornicators, adulterers. He refers to effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. There are spiritual sins. He talks about idolatry. There are social sins. He refers to them as thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, and extortioners. Most all of those, you know exactly what they are. You know what they mean. I don't have to stand up here and explain any of that to you, but there is one that uses a term that we don't talk about much anymore. It's that term revilers. You know, I, I think you understand what idolatry means. I think you understand what fornication means. But you may not understand what revilers are. Revilers are those who destroy with their tongues and wound people with their words. Can I just stop a minute and say that plant's right smack dab in the middle of most Baptist churches? We might have conquered the battle with fornication. We might have conquered the battle with adultery. But would you hear me? Uh, there's an awful lot of us that are still struggling with that old tongue. Say to you this morning that we suffered from a wretched condition. 
We suffered from a wicked condition. I don't want you to revel in sin. I don't want you to gloat in the sins of your past. But it does us good to remember where we were when God found us. It does every single one of us good to, to remember how, how wicked we were, how vile we were, how separated from God we were, yet God loved us anyway. You need to remember where you came from, number one. Number two, you need to remember who you are today. You need to remember who you were then, where you came from, but you need to remember who you are today. What do I mean? Go to verse number 11 if you were, if you would. Verse 11, I have this clause underlined in my Bible about a hundred times. It says, and such were some of you. What's so exciting about that, pastor? Well, it means past tense. It means used to be. It means all of these things that are listed uh, all of these sins that are identified, they are yesterday, not today. They are who we used to be, but we are now not what we used to be. You see, for those of us that know the Lord, there's been a positional change. You understand that prior to your salvation, you were, according to Scripture, in Adam. But after you get saved, God takes you out of Adam and places you into Jesus Christ. He, he, he takes you. He cleans you up. He sees you now as being positioned firmly in the bottom of body of Christ. He, he has changed your positional standing. Let me give it to you another way. Though friends and family might not be able to forget who you used to be, what you used to do, God cannot even remember it anymore. You see, I, I, I don't know about you all, uh, but this excites me. This is the doctrine of imputation. How can he take somebody as wretched and vile as we are and save us uh, and put us into the family of God? It all has to do with what he did on the cross. Listen, don't throw your Bibles at me. We're not actually saved by the cross. We're saved by what Christ did on the cross. You see, when he was on the cross, uh, God took our sins and placed them on him, and he took Christ's righteousness and gave it to us. So now, this is shouting ground, so now when God sees us, uh, he doesn't see the sins of our past. He doesn't see the sins of our present. He doesn't see the sins of our future. He sees us just like he sees his son. Yeah, man. There's been a positional change. There's also been a powerful change. You see, folks, for those of us that know the Lord, I hope you'll be a big amen right here. For those of us that know God, everything is different. Everything is different. Why? Look at what it says, please, in verse number 11. Again, such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are washed. What does God do when he gives us a new position? Number one, he, he cleanses us. 
How many of you are like me? You just as soon forget about that past. Amen. You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you also would agree every once in a while that past wants to tiptoe around you and tap you on the shoulder and get you looking back that direction? I don't know about you, but there's an awful lot of things in my past I'm not proud of. There are things about my past that I don't want my children to know. I don't want my family to know. I don't want any of you to know about. But would you hear me? Every once in a while, the enemy likes to throw up my past, likes to remind me about my mistakes, likes to remind me about my failures. May I just stop and say that every time I go to God, he has no idea what I'm talking about because what he forgives, he also forgets. Listen to me. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a part of SAGBC. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a preacher. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm the son and the son-in-law of a preacher. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has nothing to do with my church membership. It has nothing to do with the baptismal font. It has everything to do with the blood. Because he washes us. Not only does he clean us, he also claims us in that same verse. Verse 11, such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are sanctified. Most of you know that word sanctified literally means to be set apart for the service of God. That means to be sectioned off. To be utilized for the kingdom of God. We know what we used to be. We wonder how God could use us. But what I submit to you this morning is that it all is possible because of the sanctification of God. He, he, when he saves us, he sets us aside. He makes us special for his service. Most of you probably, I've used this illustration a thousand times, but most of you probably have in your home something special that you only set out in special occasions. Maybe it's dishes, maybe it's clothes, maybe it's something that you only wear on special occasions. You've set it aside for that purpose. That's what we are in God's kingdom. We're not just anybody. We don't have to walk around with our head down. We are sanctified, set aside. God thinks we're special because he died for us. That makes us special. Not only does he clean us, not only does he claim us, but he also completes us. In that same verse, verse 11, but ye are sanctified, ye are justified sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I love this. That word justified speaks of our standing before God. How many of you understand? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you understand that God can have no fellowship with sin? If he could, then he'd stop being God. He can have no fellowship with sin. So in order for us to fellowship with him, not only does he clean us and sanctify us, he has to justify us. I think the best explanation of this I've ever heard is that he looks at us and treats us just as if we'd never sinned. What a blessing to think about. Number one this morning, you got to remember where you came from. Number two, you got to know who you are. 
And number three, you got to remember where you're going. Aren't you glad this morning this world is not your home? I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of Revelation. Flip all the way to the back of the book. By the way, we win. Amen. <laughs> Look, if you would, please. Chapter number 21. Let me just remind you some of the things that we'll be enjoying. Chapter 21, verse number 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. And the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. We're going to read a lot of verses now. Stay with me. Verse 2. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Here's the first thing, folks. The first new, if you would, uh, notice what it says. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. Can we just stop a minute and say amen right there? Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for thee words are true and faithful. Jump down, if you would, please, same chapter to verse number 22. Verse 22 says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Do you understand what that means? There won't be any more churches when we get to heaven. We'll be at one church. Amen. You won't have to worry about a son, S-U-N, because we'll be surrounded by the son, S-O-N. Keep reading with me. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. Hey, I don't know if you know what that's referencing, uh, but that's, that's the cities of refuge. Uh, and it's a reminder to us that at nighttime, the city had to close down. They had to shut the gates because all manner of stuff would happen at night. We ain't got to worry about that in heaven, folks, because there won't be a night. Uh, it'll be perpetually wide open, and the S-O-N will be the center of attention. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. We read, and you don't have to flip back, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that the lost shall perish and spend eternity in hell. And we read in Revelation 21 that the righteous will inherit the kingdom of God. So you know what I'm excited by today? I'm excited by the fact the redeemed are going to a place prepared by God himself. In the last few earthly days of his ministry, Christ gave his disciples some last-minute instructions. He said, I go and prepare you a place, and if I come again, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. 
goes on to say, you know the way. And Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, we'll preach on this Wednesday night. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Not popular, but still in the book, church. Finally, this morning, I'm excited by the fact that the redeemed are going to a place where sorrow and sin cannot enter. Look at me, folks. We're on the winning side. We're still serving a God who's on the throne and who's got everything marching according to his time schedule. So I submit to you this morning, Canaan land is just in sight. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Come on, Brother Scott, let's have a song to sing. I want you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. You've been so kind with your attention this morning. Let me ask you two quick questions, every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Scott's going to get us a song to sing in just a second, but I want you to hear me now. How many of you would say, Pastor Greg, I have no doubt in my mind that my name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. I want to just thank him for saving me. Put that hand up nice and high. Don't be ashamed. Amen. You can put them down. How many of you would say this morning, though you're saved, your heart is breaking this morning over something or somebody that needs to be back into the will of God. Maybe it's salvation, maybe it's service, but you're thinking of them right now. Would you put that hand up? Boy, I'm seeing hands go up everywhere. You can put them down. I want to encourage you, plead with you right where you are to begin calling out those names yet one more time. Well, Brother Scott sings for us this morning. Now, let's pray together. Sing, Brother Scott. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone.
y'all to come back up here real quickly, if you would. Ushers, y'all come on down as well. I want y'all to sing uh, Ship of Zion again. I, I bless my heart this morning. If y'all didn't like it, you just have to get right with God is all I can tell you. Amen. I love that song. Liked hearing them sing it. Ushers, y'all come on and make your way down. We got the buckets right up here. Thank you for your continued generosity, your continued faithfulness. They're going to sing, uh, and you give as generously as you can this morning. Father God, we say thank you for being in our midst today. We say thank you that we are on the winning side. And God, thank you that you offered our passageway onto the old ship of Zion. Lord, we can't get over the fact that we're on uh, that vessel that's headed home. Thank you, God, for that simple fact. Bless now our offering, the gift, and the giver in Christ's name. Amen. Y'all sing, guys. I was standing on the banks of the river, looking out over life's troubled sea, when I saw that old ship. That was sailing. Is that the old ship of Zion? I see its hull was bent and battered from the storms of life. I could see. Were rough, but that old ship was steady. Is that the old ship of Zion? I see at the stern of the ship was the captain. I could hear as he called out my name. Get on board, it's the old ship of Zion. It will never pass this way again. As I step on board, I'll be leaving all my sorrows and heartaches behind. I'll be safe with Jesus, the captain, sailing out on the old ship of Zion. I'll be saved with Jesus, the captain, sailing out on the old ship of Zion. When I, when I was a kid growing up, uh, Naomi, amen, Naomi and the Sagos were a popular group. Did you, did you enjoy Lisa and the bros this morning? Amen. Some of you heathens might think of Gladys Knight and the Pips, but that's Lisa and the bros. Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house today, folks? Uh, Father, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for that old ship of dying. May we never forget where we were when you found us. 
and invited us on board. May we never forget where we are today and where we're headed in the future. Lord, help us as your children to keep our heads up, for we are a redeemed people, sanctified and justified by the power of the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for that reminder. Bless us as we depart. Bless the churches around us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for being here this morning, folks.